Welcome to the Lagan Valley Vineyard Podcast. We are a community passionate about seeing the Lagan Valley area filled with the presence and the teachings of Jesus. If you would like to connect with us or if we can help you in any way, please visit our website, laganvalleyvineyard.com. The teaching text today is taken from Galatians 3 into Galatians 4. It's Galatians 3.23 following, and it says this. Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is now neither Jew nor gentle, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the purpose and promise. What I am saying is that as long as an heir is under age, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set up by his father. So also, when we were under age, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also into an heir. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Can I invite us all to stand together um, as we kick off our teaching this morning? We're in week four of our Galatians series, and uh, the text that Vet uh, read out earlier really is a brilliant summary of everything that we have taught into over the course of the past three weeks. So rather than teach through it again, I want to start by doing something slightly different. Um, I want us to be able to speak these truths that we heard um, over our lives and over the lives of our families and also the life of this community. So um, Gareth, do you want to flick on the first slide? Um, We're going to speak these truths, which I've lifted from Galatians 3 and the start of Galatians 4, and we're just going to speak them out together. And these words are full of confident truths that we can be so assured of in terms of who we are in Jesus and what he is leading us into. So can I really encourage you? We're just going to say them together, right? And whenever we say them together, please don't be like, in Christ Jesus, we are children of... Uh, Roy, a few weeks ago, Roy leads worship, um, encouraged us to give it a bit of rice. Um, I don't know what rice means, but whatever rice means, can we give it some of that? Is that all right? So I'm going to kind of lead us through this. There's going to be two slides. Let's say this with confidence because this is the truth of who we are. You with me? Brilliant. All right, let's go together. In Christ Jesus, we are children of God, for we have believed in the finished work of Jesus. Our lives are covered by Christ. 
Our stories are immersed in his story. We are the family of God, diverse yet one. We were once slaves, yet the Father sent Jesus, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem us all. Next slide. We have been adopted as sons and daughters of the Father, filled with his Holy Spirit. We are united with God, and we can call him Dad. We are no longer slaves. We are children of God, heirs and co-heirs with Christ. Our lives are not defined by our energies or our efforts. Our lives are shaped by grace and peace. We are no longer slaves. We are free. And Lord Jesus, as we open ourselves up to your scriptures and to your word, we also open up our lives to the truth that we are your children, that we are able to look to you as our father. We can call you Abba. We can call you dad. We can experience a deep intimacy with you. And so Holy Spirit, would you teach us guide us and shape us in that direction off the back of a week that has probably been full of us trying to push and strive and try to earn. We just want to reject that this morning and we want to look to you, Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, which is full of grace and of peace and freedom. And everyone said, amen. Wonderful. Please grab a seat. And if you've got a Bible with you, I'd love you to turn with me to Galatians chapter four. We're just going to dive straight in this morning. Galatians 4, at the end of the teaching text that Yvette read out earlier, it finishes with this in verse 7. This really is the heart of everything that we've been teaching into over the course of the past month. Verse 7 of Galatians 4, you are no longer a slave, but are God's child. As Andy put it so helpfully last week, our value to God is immeasurable. And it is not dependent upon our lifestyles or our behaviors. Just keep the text open um, as I teach through this today. That'll be super helpful. We're no longer slave. We're God's child. We are now free, which is class, right? It's amazing. Brilliant. What do we do with that? Okay, so we're free. That is who we are. That is the space that we get to live into. But what do we do now as free people? How can we be as free people and continue to live into this freedom? Are we now just free to do whatever the heck we want? Or is there a way that our lives should be led? We're to remain in this place of grace and of peace and of freedom, but there's an invitation for our lives to take a certain shape. And Paul highlights this shape of life in verse 19 of chapter four. And he says this, my dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Listen to Paul here. He's saying that he is like a mother in labor pains, full of longing and anticipation, but also in anguish, longing that these churches that he loves would be formed into the likeness of Jesus. We are free, and yet, Paul is expressing God's desire for each of our lives, and it is simply this, that we would become more like Jesus, that we would look more like him, and that we would learn to live the Christ life in the Christ way. Christ-likeness is the foundational principle of our lives. Everything else flows from us becoming more like Jesus. At the end of our story, the future that we're longing for, John puts it like this. Gareth, you want to flick on? Uh, the verse from 1 John 3, it says this, Dear friends, now we are children of God, that is who we are, and yet what will be has not yet been made known. But we know that whenever Christ appears, we shall be like him, 
for we shall see him as he is. We long for a day whenever we're going to experience the resurrection, whenever we're going to be able to experience our bodies being redeemed and fully transformed, whenever we're going to have a resurrection body just like Jesus's, where we're no longer going to have pain or sickness in our bodies, but we're going to be like him. We're going to have a body just like his. We are longing for that future, and yet... With everything to do with Jesus and the life of his kingdom, there's an invitation for that future reality to be made known in the here and in the now. There's an invitation for us right now in this day for us to become like Jesus. As Romans 8, 29 puts it, for us to be conformed into the image of the Son, that as you look into the mirror, you're able to see yourself becoming more and more like Jesus. This is Paul's heart. And it's also Christ's heart for us as his children. And the best way to describe what's going on here is spiritual formation. And over the next kind of 20 minutes or so before we share bread and wine together, I just want to share a few thoughts about what does it look like for us to experience spiritual formation, for us to become more like Jesus. But before I get into this, there's something that we need to talk about really quickly. It's a subtle thing, but a really important thing. Because like everything with following Jesus, formation is not passive, it's active. And it involves engaging our bodies, our time, our practices, not just ticking a box in our heads. Formation doesn't happen to us. We're invited to actively partner with the Holy Spirit as we become more like Jesus. And that means that we've got to do some things. Now, over the course of the past three weeks, we have been highlighting the dangers of doing some things, but doing some things for certain reasons, which is trying to achieve and earn salvation, grace, peace, and freedom, which is already freely available for us. What I'm gonna talk about today is the complete opposite of that. Dallas Willard, the master of spiritual formation, says this, it's gonna appear on the screen. Grace is always opposed to earning. You cannot earn grace. You cannot achieve it by your work, by your energy, or by your performance, by good living. You cannot earn grace. But because we're a people whose lives have been transformed by grace, we're able to live into a shape of life. Grace is always opposed to earning, but it is not opposed to effort. What we're talking about today is not us doing things to try to earn grace, but because we have received grace freely, there's an invitation for us to live a disciplined, sustainable, fruitful way of life that leads us in the direction of becoming more like Jesus. It's all about motivation. Our doing things, we do it not for the sake of trying to earn grace, but because we have received it, we want to live in the way of Jesus. As Andy put it so helpfully last week, we are learning to practice the things that God values, not so that we can become valuable to God, because we're already valuable to him, but because we are valuable to him, we are going to practice the things that he values. Do you see the difference? Subtle, but important. In everything that I'm gonna talk about today, I want you to notice that we're starting from the place that we spoke over ourselves. We are children of God, no longer slaves, marked by freedom. Our lives are defined not by energy or effort, but by grace and peace. We're not motivated to try and earn grace for ourselves, but we are compelled to become more like Jesus, the one who gives us grace freely. Grace is always opposed to earning, 
but it is never opposed to effort. You with me? Great. So here's what I want to do this morning, or this afternoon, apologies. How is Christ formed in us? How can we become more like Jesus? And to think about how spiritual formation happens, we need to talk about Patty Smith, the godmother of punk. That was a gear shift, right? Is there any Patty Smith fans in the house today? No, class. Does anybody know who Patty Smith is? Yeah, like three or four people. Brilliant. Okay. Um, I woke up this morning, and um, whenever you do this kind of thing on a Sunday morning, you usually wake up a little bit early and you pray. You kind of go through your notes and just try to get yourself in the headspace to kind of teach. I was really conscious that um, probably every single preacher or teacher who is waking up this morning and who's trying to be kind of like culturally on point was like scrolling through their notes trying to work out how on earth can I get Kanye into my preach this morning. You know, just one line, just one line. And I'm talking about flipping Patty Smith. Like I am so old school that I'm new school and um, I'm going to stick with it. Yeah, I'm more of an 808 heartbreak kind of guy. But anyway, um, so Patty Smith. Google, all right? Just go and find out and listen to some brilliant early 1980s punk and some poetry, um, if that's your jam. If not, you can leave it behind. So Patti Smith and her band were playing really early on in their career in a club called CBGB. It's a really famous punk club. Um, if you know New York music, you will know about CBGB. Everybody's kind of been birthed from that place, like Patti Smith, Velvet Underground, The Strokes. Everybody has kind of come from that place. And she was playing a show one night, and her hero walked into the room. Her hero was Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan fans? Any Bob Dylan fans? Yes, come on. Great, I'm amongst friends. So Bob Dylan walks into the room. She has like been obsessed with Bob Dylan, has tried to become like him and everything. And I want you to listen to what went down that night in this punk club in Manhattan. Because honestly, outside of the scriptures and outside of anything that was written by Dallas Willard, this is the best definition of spiritual formation that I've come across. And it is by complete accident. Gareth, it's going to appear on the screen. The night... Patti Smith says, as the saying goes, was a jewel in our crown. We played as one, and the pulse and the pitch of the band spiraled us into another dimension. Yet with all that was swirling around me, I could feel another presence, as surely as the rabbit senses the hound. He was there. I suddenly understood the nature of the electric air. Bob Dylan had entered the club, and this knowledge had a strange effect on me. Instead of humbled, I felt a par, perhaps his, but I also felt my own worth and the worth of the band, and it seemed for me a night of initiation, and here is the point, where I had to become fully myself in the presence of the one that I had modeled myself after. Bob Dylan was there. He was there. And so Patti Smith had to become fully herself in the presence of the one that she had modeled herself after. There's two things that are going on here. Do you want to flick on to the next slide? Two things that allow us to experience formation into the likeness of Jesus. Presence and pattern. Presence and awareness of the presence of Jesus by his Holy Spirit and pattern. There's an invitation for us to model our lives after the person of Jesus, to take on the lifestyle of our hero and to become like the one that we're obsessed by. And whenever presence and pattern come together as one, Christ is formed in us. And in truth, as Patti Smith so beautifully puts it, we become fully ourselves. And all I want to do for the next couple of minutes is just unpack these two things. Firstly, presence. The one who leads us in becoming more like Jesus is the Holy Spirit. 
and we get to walk in step with him. And this is how Paul puts it in his letter to the church in Corinth. Gareth, you want to put on the next slide? It's my favorite verse in the whole of the scriptures, 2 Corinthians 3. And we all who with unveiled faces are contemplating the Lord's glory. We are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is at work deeply within us, transforming us into the image of Jesus. And that takes place over the entirety of our lives with him. He shapes us or sanctifies us so that we become more like Jesus. And we can see this happening in people's lives whenever we see the fruit of the Holy Spirit taking root and bearing fruit in people's lives. Chris is gonna be teaching on this in a fortnight's time. But you will know somebody is being formed towards the image of Jesus whenever all of the good fruits of the Holy Spirit are just naturally and organically growing out of their lives. The key for all of us is to partner with the Holy Spirit in his work. And as we do that, we get to grow into the image of Jesus. The question is how? How do we do that? What can we do to partner with him? It's very simple. We need to become more aware of his presence. Life for all of us is hectic. That's just a given for each of us. And so, because life is so busy, we must contend to become more and more aware of the presence of Jesus, who is within us and also with us at all times. We need to create the conditions in our day when we stop in the busyness of life and recognize that Jesus is with us. And so we can choose to be present with him too. We can learn to abide in the vine of Jesus, as it says in John 15. If we live an unexamined life, a life where we just kind of go with the flu without recognizing Jesus's presence, we will experience formation. It just won't be formation in the direction of becoming more like Jesus. We will experience formation, but it'll be formation in the direction of busyness, being overwhelmed, the thing that I'm hearing more and more, being anxious, tired, angry, polarized, always on the back foot. The question isn't whether we're being formed or not. The question is who or what are we being formed by? And as we become more aware of Jesus's presence, we can open ourselves up to his way and his nature, recognizing that he is with us and at work amongst us. And we can choose in that moment to join him in what he is doing. We're more busy and more distracted than ever. And so we must pay more attention to the presence of Jesus more than the next task on our to-do list or the vibrations of our phones. Attention is the beginning of devotion. And we pay more attention to Christ's presence by intentionally examining our day and recognizing these moments whenever we're able to hit pause and stop and down tools, be still for a moment, pray, come Holy Spirit, and just to begin to engage in the practices of Jesus, recognizing that he is amongst us. So often, we can find ourselves just caught up in the busyness of life and we need to actually have these things that allow us to remember, to remember who we are, to remember that God is with us in everything. These practices that allow us to remember, oh, that's who I am and that's what I'm about. In the thick of the busyness of life, we need to create the conditions to encounter Jesus and to be shaped into the likeness of his Holy Spirit. 
So the question I've got to ask, are you too busy? Are you too busy? Are you just going along with the flu? Are you living an unexamined life? Because there is an invitation for each of us to live in a very different way. And all it takes is just a couple of moments in our day to hit pause and to become attentive to the presence of Jesus. This is why the pattern of our lives is so, so important. The things that we do every single day, the pattern of our lives, they're made up by different practices, whether they're intentional or whether they're subconscious. And your practices are informed by your will, they're fueled by our loves, and they shape who we're becoming more like. Our everyday practices are the arena of formation. As Annie Dillard so helpfully put it, how we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. What we do in everyday life shapes the trajectory of our lives. And we are invited to model our life after our hero. For me, the best thing about following Jesus is, of course, knowing his presence, knowing that he is with me, but the best thing for me is actually his invitation for me to become more like him, for me to become like the one that I am absolutely obsessed by, for me to look at the life of the Gospels and see all of that is available for me to live into today. I'm invited by Jesus to become his apprentice, and in the way of apprenticeship, you're allowed to develop these certain practices that shape our character into the likeness of the master that we're following. And as the way of apprenticeship goes with Jesus, to become more like him, we are to live the same kind of life that he lived by doing the same kinds of things that he did. And as we practice the way of apprenticeship, we will slowly and at times suddenly experience formation. We will become more like him. Here's the thing. If we have faith in Jesus, if we believe that he is Lord of all, upholder of everything, the ground of all being, and we look at the life of the Gospels, we got to see that actually he knew how to live life really well, right? If we recognize his wisdom, if we recognize the shape of his life, and we look at the life of Gospels, and we just think, he knows what he was doing. He knew that this was the best shape for life. And we have to be obedient to that, recognizing that he carved out a shape of life that we are invited to follow him in. Apprentices are those who look at the overall way of Jesus and don't just see a legacy to be admired, but see a lifestyle that is to be imitated. And so whenever we see Jesus engaging in practices like these, Gareth, you want to flick up that list? Brilliant. Sharing the gospel teaching the way of apprenticeship, healing the sick, silence and solitude, eating and drinking with those far from God, doing justice, Sabbathing, investing in intimate friendships, learning the scriptures, forgiving, fasting, sharing sacraments, serving the poor, peacemaking, praying, and building community. This is a blueprint for our lives also. We're to reconstruct our lives around these practices, just repeating them until they become habits. There's an invitation for us to model out the overall lifestyle of Jesus by practicing his entire way of life. It is, this life is fully available for us to embody and to live out, to try it out and to see what happens. And as we live in this particular way, we will experience formation, but trust me, everybody around us will experience transformation also. Now these practices They are to take root in our actual, tangible, everyday lives. And this is the fun part of all of this, because these are big headlines. I've just lifted these from the Gospels, and we're also all unique, right? We're shaped and wired differently. 
how each of these practices are expressed in our everyday lives will look different for each of us, depending on who we are and the season of life that we find ourselves in. So take prayer, for instance, the one second from the bottom. There's so many different ways to practice prayer. Like you can take your pick simply based on your nature or the shape of your life. If you're so busy at the minute, can I encourage you, practice contemplation, practice silence and solitude and meditating on the goodness of God. Go in the opposite direction from the rest of your life. There's also contending prayer. Next Sunday night for Jericho, we're gonna get together and we're gonna contend. We're gonna get a little bit loud, give it a bit of rice and kind of see what God's gonna do as we cry out for him to move amongst us. There's also praying in tongues. There's kneeling prayer whenever we get on our knees and we just fix our attention on Jesus. In the three, two, one practices over the course of the past couple of months, we've invited you to pray, come Holy Spirit. And also this week, we're gonna invite you to engage in the ancient practice of the prayer of examine. So what does prayer look like for you in this season? The practice of Sabbath is also going to look really different. Sabbath is about two things. It's about resting and it's about worshiping. And for some of you, that will best take place in this space. For some of you, that will be up the mountains. For some of you, that's gonna be times with friends, time alone or whatever. But what does Sabbath look like for you? Sharing the gospel is also going to look different depending on who we're trying to love and bless and serve. It's all gonna look different within us. There's so many different ways for us to actually practice these in a way that sort of ties in with our life. And we get to try all of these things out and see how they go. This week is a tribe week. We're gonna be gathering together across this region in our homes to be able to work through this and see what does it look like for us to practice the way of Jesus in our unique way of doing. So if you're not connected with the tribe, I really encourage you to jump on our website and to sign up. And in tribes this week, we're really gonna do two things. We're gonna ask you to consider what one new practice would you love to see kind of take hold of your life in the season? And then most importantly, your tribe leaders are gonna ask you a second question, which is what does that tangibly look like for you? What is the first step that you're able to engage in along the way? Just three pointers really quickly on the pattern of life. The entire life of Jesus is available for us to be able to live into. Jesus did say, whoever believes in me will do the same works that I've been doing and even greater works. We don't really like that even greater works bit, but we really got to go after the same works thing, I believe. The truth is, if you've been doing the same practices in the same way for years, it's kind of going to get a bit stale, right? So I've experienced that. And what we need to be able to do is proactively and also feel the permission to do is to be able to add new practices into the mix of our lives. Or maybe take that same practice, but just look at it from a different angle and to explore what it looks like in the season of life that we find ourselves in. Also, please do not rush at this. If you're sitting there thinking, oh my goodness, I'm only really doing one of these things, that is great prioritize that one practice. Let it become so ingrained in you that it becomes automatic. And then whenever it becomes kind of automatic, just add another practice into the mix. Take one at a time and slowly work through this over the course of your life. What we're talking about here is a long obedience in the same direction. You cannot microwave your formation. And we're talking about freedom, right? Third thing. Like, surely this isn't freedom, right? It's kind of, it's a lot there. 
and also doing these things, committing to habits, like that doesn't feel particularly free, right? It really depends on how you view freedom. Do you take the way that most of the world views freedom as actually just being free to do whatever the heck you want or to be able to engage in true freedom, which comes from choosing a set of commitments and intentionally pursuing those things? So often we get tripped up to think that freedom is about having unlimited options for life, but actually good, healthy boundaries create freedom in our lives. These practices require commitment, but they release us into our deepest desire, becoming fully ourselves, which is all about becoming more like Jesus. So in the midst of our days, our weeks, our months, and our years, these practices are to take kind of take hold and incarnate themselves into our lives. And as they do, they allow us to pay more attention to the presence of Jesus and also a pattern of devotion begins to form in our lives. I know we've been talking about Christmas already, but my goodness, let me talk about January for just a moment. Because on the 19th of January, the Jericho training night in the middle of the month, I'm going to be leading us through a workshop on the rule of life a pattern for living that invites us to become more like Jesus through spiritual disciplines and practices. So if you're kind of vibing off this sort of conversation, you're wanting to enjoy a little bit more of it and get into the detail of it, book that date into your diary. So all the details are on our website. We're gonna be exploring what the rule of life is, what it looks like for you, and how we can engage in these doable practices as we become more like Jesus. Now, I'm sorry, I'm flying through here. Time is not... um, my best friend this morning. Um, I know what some of you are thinking. This all sounds a bit familiar. Haven't we been here before? You flipping love that list, Stu. Like, every time you speak, you just try to weave it in. You got me. We have been here before. It's pretty common that whenever you speak to people who do this kind of thing, that they may have taught thousands of times, but they've really only had one message and they've just come at it from thousands of different angles. And this, this is my message. Um, it's one of the things that I'm most passionate about. And I am talking about it deliberately this morning, and I'm really sorry, but I'm not gonna stop banging this drum. Let me be real with you for a second. I really understand what Paul's getting at in verse 19. Being like a mother, with a sense of longing and a sense of anticipation with labor pains, longing for the people that he loves to become more like Jesus. I get it, because this is my deepest longing for you, my family, people that I love, community that I'm pouring myself out for. This is my deepest longing for you. It's the reason why I do my job. It's the reason why we all do our jobs is because we long for Christ to be formed in us. It's why we wake up in the morning. It's why we just put the hard yards in because this is our longing, our deepest desire for each of you. This is the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night and I'm not joking about that. Whenever we're not being formed or shaped into the likeness of Jesus. And yet this morning I woke up and before getting into all of this and worrying about how can I bring Yeezy into my preach, I got on my knees and I prayed. And as I got on my knees, in the quietness and the darkness of a room, these faces of people in our community just kept on flashing up. Like Roy and Kelly Graham and Cora and the wee one on the way and Stuart Bill and Lauren Jackson and Matt and Joanne Stewart and 
these people just kept on flashing and people who are becoming more and more and more and more and more and more like Jesus, people who are being shaped into his image, people who are seeing the things of the kingdom just organically grow. And do you know why that is? It's because they're intentionally pursuing him in the practices of their daily lives. People are choosing to do absurd and outrageous things. People are choosing to do things quiet and hidden so that they can become more like Jesus. And you know what? It's working. The things of the kingdom are just sparking off of people like you. I long for each of you to experience spiritual formation, to become more and more like Jesus. So let me gently and humbly just push this a little bit. And remember, please, grace is opposed to earning, but it is not opposed to effort. But let me ask you a question. Are you more like Jesus now than you were this time last year? Is the fruit of his kingdom organically growing in your life? Are you becoming more like him? Are you taking more risks for the kingdom? Are you becoming more aware of his presence? Whenever you look at the past year, have you become more like Jesus? And listen, there's no guilt in this question whatsoever. So if you're thinking that, just break that off. That's nonsense. I'm not here for that. We all have some way to go in our formation. <laughs> like we're not, none of us are there yet. But the defining feature of our lives has to be us becoming more like Jesus, full stop. Recognizing his presence and modeling our life after his. And if you're here thinking, if you're kind of recently connected with church and like, okay, that sounds brilliant, but how do I start Honestly, give 321 a shot. The weekly email that should have landed in your inbox. Check us out on um, Instagram and speak to us this morning if you want to get connected to it. We genuinely believe that we, as we kind of work through three questions by ourselves and in community, that as we pray twice daily, as we engage in practices and read the scriptures together, we genuinely believe that this simple email will help shape us and form us into the way of Jesus. So carve out space for it, connect with it. Let me just take this one step further really quickly before we land in communion. Verse 12 of chapter four, Paul says this, I plead with you, brothers and sisters, become like me. Not only is Paul saying to the Galatians that his longing is for Jesus to be formed in them, but he's also saying, look at my life. Look at the shape of it. Look at the spirit in it. Look at how I'm being formed. If you want a picture of Jesus, look at me and follow me. Paul is giving the Galatians an example to follow. An example of formation so alive in a person that whenever he was just able to say, come follow me, become like me, not in like a braggy way, but he is simply saying, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. If you look at my life, you'll see Jesus. Our becoming more like Jesus is not just about us. Our formation is an invitation for others to be led in the direction of Christ-likeness. Particularly for those of you who have been kicking around faith for a while, what would it look like for us to live like Paul? For formation to be so alive in our lives that we're able to say, hey, become like me. Look at the shape of my life. Look at the spirit within me. Imitate me. And as you do that, you'll become more like Jesus. Here's the thing. The more seriously we take our formation, the more naturally we become like mothers and fathers to others. 
Mothers and fathers who not only long for their children to become more like Jesus, but actually they can really easily show them how to put this stuff into practice. Particularly for those of you who lead. Whatever age you are, in whatever context, if you're just trying to lead and represent Jesus well, whether that's a house party, search party, whether that's in party people across the way, whether it's leading a church, whether that's leading in your business or trying to lead your family in the direction of the kingdom, please listen to me. The best thing you can do is prioritize your own formation for yourself. Your formation is your invitation to mother and to father. Actually, your formation will grant you authority to be able to lead other people along the Jesus way. And so for those of you who lead, who guide, who mother and father, I couldn't be more serious. You are not too busy for your spiritual formation. You're just not. You can't be too busy for this stuff. This is the most important thing that we are able to live towards because as we become more like Jesus, we'll experience formation and everybody around us will experience transformation. We are not too busy for this. What would it look like for formation to take hold of our lives in such a way that we're able to say to other people, come follow me. I'm going towards Jesus and you can follow too. Before I lead into communion, let me finish with this. Uh, James, can I get you and Claire up? Is that all right? What would it look like for us to look back on our final day before we enter into glory and for us to see that our life was like this? Gareth, do you want to flick on the last slide? It's a quote from T.S. Eliot. What would it look like for this to be the shape of our lives? Not the intense moment, isolated, with no before and after, but a lifetime burning in every moment. What would it look like for us to look back in our lives and to not see fits and starts, moments of flurry of activity and then moments of burnout, but to see this consistent and yet powerful way of living where we were devoted to becoming more and more like Jesus. My longing is for us to become that kind of community. The kind of community that burns every single day with an intensity of becoming more and more like Jesus, particularly in the spaces that nobody else will ever see. What would it look like for us to live with such an awareness of Christ's holy presence and devote ourselves to this pattern of life? so that this city and this region, our family and our friends, would look at the shape and the spirit of our lives and they would simply see Jesus. So Lagan Valley Vineyard, may our lives not be about the intense moment with no before and after, but may the shape of our lives and the spirit of Christ lead us into a lifetime of burning in every single Let's stand together, shall we? In the thick of our hectic lives, we gotta stop often. We need to recognize the presence of Jesus and we need to choose to practice his way once again. 
attention is the beginning of devotion. And the night before Jesus' crucifixion, he gathered his mates for a meal and he shared bread and he shared wine with them. And he invited his friends to eat and to drink and he invited them to keep sharing this particular meal because he wanted them to remember him. There's no better practice to invite us to become more aware of Jesus, to become more attentive to his Holy Spirit than this one, this meal of Eucharist, this meal of communion. Because a couple of days later, the disciples were in a room, they were terrified, they'd locked the doors and a man was able to enter in and they didn't know who it was. And in their confusion, in their tiredness, in their terror, this man, he took a bit of bread and he broke it. And as he broke it, their eyes were opened and they saw that Jesus was standing with them. As you share this meal this morning, also with the sense of longing and desire that we had in worship before we got started, may you become more aware of the presence of Jesus. May you remember who you are, a life defined by the one whose body broke and whose blood was shed for you that you may no longer be a slave, but a child of God. And with the taste of bread and wine still lingering on your tongue, may you leave this place to go and to speak of the goodness and the glory of Jesus all throughout your week. Each of you are welcome at this table this morning. For those of you who are followers of Jesus, come together, come as one, pray for each other, worship together, share bread and wine around. It is only juice and non-alcoholic wine. But also if you are here and you don't follow Jesus, but you want to, you're captivated by the shape of his life and you want that to be the shape of your life also, you are also so welcome at this table this morning. All we would ask is that you come and find me. I'm gonna be down here at the bottom and I'd love to pray for you, to introduce you to the person of Jesus and as a sign of that, share bread and wine for the first time. Our time's kind of done and pushed and so um, here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna invite you just to come forward and to share bread and share wine. These guys are just gonna keep playing kind of beyond our time. And if you are parents of any kid in Little Party and Big Party, after you receive communion, would you just mind uh, releasing them from the kids' rooms? But while that's happening, we're just gonna keep worshiping, we're gonna keep praying, we're gonna keep sharing communion. We're not in any rush, but just to be able to serve our leaders really well, it'd be really helpful to sign out the kids. So, come together. Come together as one, share bread, share wine, recognize the presence of Jesus. Remember who you are, the story that you're caught up in. May you become fully yourself as you encounter Jesus this day. Come on, come on forward. Let's share bread and wine together and let's worship.